welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra, ready to preview the Chicago Red Stars home semifinal. It's official. Chicago Red Stars are going to take on Portland Thorns FC this Sunday on October 20th at 2.30 Central Time, CT Time, Chicago Time. A whole lot to talk about in this one. We're really going to get into uh, both of the teams and their current forms here. And uh, couldn't do it alone. No one could ever do anything alone. So I'm here tonight with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. Scam Originator. How are you doing tonight, Claire? Good. It's, uh, it's championship week. It is championship week. Or as the Aussies like to refer to it, it's the finals. It's the finals. The finals has arrived. Um, man. It feels like we've been waiting forever, huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it does feel like it's been some some time. And it has been some time since Chicago it has been. played their last yeah, game. Yeah, it has been. Chicago Red Stars, uh, they closed out their regular season um, back on the 28th against Utah Royals FC, which we recapped for you all on our previous episode. And uh, they went ahead and they closed out their season on a bit of a win streak there. And since then... They have uh, just sort of found themselves uh, in waiting to find out who their opponent was going to be. And that finally happened uh, this past weekend as the regular season officially closed out for everyone else. Um, so Rain FC and Portland Thorns were the uh, three and four seed uh, heading into this weekend. And once all the results were sort of all dusted and settled off, uh, that's all she wrote. They still remain the third and fourth seed, and it was official that Portland was going to be Chicago's opponent uh, coming up this uh, Sunday. So, like now, uh, you could sort of talk about, uh, you know, and promote and say, "Hey, this is who we're going to take on," and this is the team that's coming into town. And um, any, for example, if any uh, visiting supporters did want to hit up a semifinal. Now they know which one they have to go to or could possibly go to. So, um, a bunch of different things we want to get into for everybody tonight in regard to this semifinal. We're going to talk about just some of the, you know, quote unquote storylines that are probably going to be surrounding this match, uh, heading into Sunday. And we're going to highlight, uh, kind of some semifinal events that are uh, going to be taking place. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. There's a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of excitement, and probably a lot of anxiousness as well uh, surrounding this semifinal uh, for the Red Stars. Uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about it already. It's their first uh, semifinal in five years. Uh, last time the Red Stars have hosted a home semifinal was back in uh, 2015 with a very, very young team. And uh, they've put themselves uh, to work and they finally got themselves this home semi. And now it's going to be against the Thorns. So. Uh, I think uh, that's just nice to have the home semi. What do you think, Claire? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 uh, we've talked about this before. Every, every Chicago semifinal feels a little bit different. Um, whether it was home against Kansas City 2015, away against Washington, away against North Carolina last year in Portland, um, and then now hosting, well, in last year in Portland, but they are actually Against playing, right? But they're playing Portland for the first time this year in the postseason. Which, um, considering the consistency with with those two teams making the postseason, the fact that they've never played each other before um, is surprising. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, it being a home semifinal is incredibly important. I think, um, especially because it did end up being that they play are playing Portland. Um, if they, if you know, the universe was different and they had ended up having to travel to Providence Park for a semifinal, I think that uh, it would have been a lot harder to give them a shot in that game. So, um, if they were gonna have to play the team that's kind of been, you know, there kryptonite for the last however many years it's it's good that it's at home yeah word i agree uh i think that um i think it's fitting that the semifinals are deep in october this season just in time for spooky season because you know it turns out especially for the red stars if you're gonna go on and win that championship turns out you gotta slay your demons um there's gonna be some work ahead for them 
And I think that having the home semi, I think, is a much bigger deal than maybe people uh, might not have anticipated if they were sort of the neutral um, party kind of viewing this matchup, right? Because it does. It does. You, you hear players talk about that kind of stuff all the time. It does play a bit of a factor in terms of, of terms of game day, right? You know, you talk, you hear them talk about, um, you know, just, just the comforts of having your routine in place still, you know, the, the, the travel and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, we're, we're excited about it. I know you and I, especially cause we're going to be able to get to, to cover that. But as far as these two teams heading into this semifinal, there's a number of, you know, storylines that are out there, different narratives that are going to be around these two teams about this game. And probably the, the biggest one, you know, that we constantly hear, right, every year in and year out, just during the regular season, let alone a semifinal. But, you know, the fact that the Red Stars themselves uh, don't have a great history against Portland Thorns. Uh, we're talking about one win since 2013. And uh, we're in 2019, and since then there's, you know, there's been a series of, of losses and maybe a sprinkling of, of draws here and there, but uh, not not great, Bob. Right? If we're talking about just general history right. and that kind of stuff. But uh, yes, absolutely. Um, and it definitely always seems like uh, if you know if Chicago has been working through some of the mental blocks um, holding them back this year, that particular one is maybe the only one that they haven't really gotten over yet. Um, I mean, I would say specifically this year, I th- I mean, we talked about this before. I think that Chicago's schedule against Portland was a little bit unfair this year, um, or at least tipped in Portland's favor a little bit. They played them in their home opener. They played them away on short rest the second time uh, or the third time. I think probably – the way these teams line up is more indicative of that kind of crazy four, four draw at the very beginning of the season. Um, uh, Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, obviously I think Chicago would have preferred to play the rain um, because they've been able to contain the rain pretty well this year. And the rain are still having uh, injury problems. Their center back pairing is all up in the air right now because they're still dealing with injuries and, um, so there is a prefer, I do think there is a preferred opponent here. It, it would be dishonest not to say that, but, um, this gives them the opportunity to do something better than just playing the preferred opponent, which is to really kind of step up, um, and contain a team that does at this moment look kind of containable. You know, yeah, in regards to the just, yeah, just this long history between Chicago and Portland, but just more, just if we're just narrowing it down to this season, I have to agree with you just in terms of their matchups this year and some of the players that we saw on both sides of the pitch during some of these matchups. I mean, if you're looking back at some of the results this year, you know, we had that wild, wild, 4-4 4-4 draw in the beginning of the year, right around April. Then they had, um, you know, a world, a sort of a World Cup, you know, break match between uh, these two teams and not, you know, typically having the starters that they would have had um, on the pitch for both those teams. And then having a B, Portland's, what was it there? It was really their their home opener, that, that second was, match yeah. at the Red Stars. Yeah, where they, they broke that record and, you know, unleashed everybody with all those new seats. And um, then that final match where the, where the Red Stars sort of, uh, that third regular season match between them where the Red Stars sort of found themselves uh, hitting a bit of a skid again. You know, it was like, it was weirdly familiar, unfamiliar and familiar territory at the same time. You know what I mean? It's like, this was a team that we had covered this year and just to throw it back to Vanessa DiBernardo and what she told us, right, that they were a different team, a better team this year, but they, they do were going to win a lot of games, but they were also going to lose a lot of games. And and that final, that third and final regular season matchup um, kind of saw the Red Stars in a bit of another skid uh, during the season, and that kind of happened then. And then both these teams sort of, you know, said their goodbyes for, for the regular season. So in terms of general form, right, heading into these playoffs, we've got a, you know, just – Tossing, you know, just just tossing history up between these two teams out of the window for a quick second. Just looking at the now and the present, we've got two teams heading into Sunday, one with the home semifield advantage and 
uh, one that's coming in as a visiting team, and then maybe even they hit, even though they had the better record against the Red Stars historically, right now the Portland Thorns aren't in the greatest of form heading into their playoffs. Their offense has sort of hit, they've hit a bit of a snag. They've slowed down a lot. Their last six matches, I believe we said they only had a goal in their last six matches, correct? Yeah. Uh, let's see. They lost one nothing to Utah. They lost 6 nothing to North Carolina. They beat Houston one nothing. They lost to the rain, did not score, and then they did not score um, this past weekend against Washington. Uh, it's, it's a little peculiar for me, right? Maybe just for us or people who watch NWSL on the regular um, to sort of see – I don't know. I almost feel like we're in maybe a little bit of an episode of the Body Snatchers. I feel like in prior playoffs and years past, when you've had a, a Portland Thorns team heading into the playoffs, they've been riding on a high and they've been streaking. And you've had the Red Stars kind of on the opposite of that spectrum, kind of where the Thorns are right now, where they're heading into the playoff, maybe stumbling a little bit, uh, kind of sneaking in there in in this small way, like whether that's the third seed or the, or the fourth seed. Um, kind of nursing injuries along, right? Yeah, and I think it should be noted that, you know, Portland didn't get this third seed because they earned it. They got it because uh, the rain drew against Orlando. Um, Had the rain escaped with a win, this would be a different conversation. But, like, you know, they they made a rotation decision this weekend. Their lineup showed a lot of rotation. It definitely feels, you're right, it feels a little bit like what we've seen with Chicago the last couple of years where they're just trying to hold they're like it seems like they're just trying to hold it together just to make it through the rest of the season and made some decisions just to get everybody healthy for this semifinal um and it'll be interesting to see how well that works yeah I'm looking forward to to covering the game and and seeing if that ended up working out for them again just if we're talking about the history of of these two specific teams and maybe even some history in general with NWSL, um, the whole concept of like hanging on and getting into the play has not worked out for right. teams who have sort of found themselves in that third and fourth seed, being able to like hold on and do that. The only time we ever really saw maybe a, a big surprise was way back, throwing it back to probably 2016, right? With um, the then New York, uh, Western, Western New York Flash right. sort of doing what they did. And going on the run that they did towards the end, right. but um, yeah, you're actually you're totally right. It's usually the one and two that ends up in the final, isn't it? Typically, yeah. Um, so it's a uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how how the thorns roll out on uh, on Sunday. They they had their you know the concept of decision day right isn't something that's really bled into NWL because it's sort of its own unique thing, um, and you know. With all these matchups that ended up taking place this past weekend, you mentioning, you know, Orlando and Rain, and that's kind of ended up being that was the main reason why Portland ended up locking up that third seed was because another team locked it up for them, really. And by the time Portland had their kickoff, you know that that decision was already right. made. They knew what they were going to be facing moving forward, and uh, I kind of like it. I kind of like that the small shit talking has already started. I mean, you had Christine <laughs> Sinclair in the end of that post game talking about that they're saving up the goals for Chicago, baby. And uh, I like that. That kind of stuff. Uh, you want to hear that kind of stuff coming out of your players. And I think, despite Portland's current form. I think that they're going to be walking into Chicago with a bit of swag because of the history between these two teams and well, because of what they know they're capable of in the playoffs. Right. I mean, and, and it is it is the truth that if there if there's any momentum to be gleaned from this, it's that Portland did get their preferred opponent and Chicago did not. Um, which is kind of it's a weird thing to have happen in like a bye week. You know, Chicago didn't play, but they had a couple bounces not go their way. Um, so I, I think probably Portland will get a boost from that. I bet they really didn't want to play North Carolina. Um, we all know what happened the last time they played North Carolina. Uh, and so I do think there's momentum there where, you know, they can say, yeah, we haven't been playing that well, but we haven't been conceding a lot of, well, that's actually not true. We didn't concede any goals in the last yeah. match. Um, and Claire, you know what you should do? What? You should remind everybody what happened in that North Carolina. Well, yeah. Our I, listeners don't know. Right. So if we're talking narrative, right. Um, obviously this is a Chicago Red Stars podcast. Things are weighted by that things that we say. However, 
like less than a month ago, North Carolina beat Portland in Portland six to nothing. Now, I don't know what's going to happen at this semifinal, but I truly, I honestly, no disrespect, I do not know where Portland goes from here this year. Um, I do not think a rematch with North Carolina would go particularly well for them. Um, They're not set up for it. Uh, We've talked about this before. Um, As far as narratives go, league-wide, a Chicago, and we're going to make, you know, all due respect to the rain, make a North Carolina assumption. A Chicago-North Carolina final is much more intriguing than another Portland-North Carolina semifinal, not just because it would be a rematch of the last two years, but also just, like, they already stomped them with the worst scoreline in NWSL history. What do we think is going to happen next time? Um. Anyway, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't pretty, and I know like again, Chicago Red Stars podcast would be no disrespect to any other teams out there, right? Um, but it, I don't think that you're a hundred percent correct. We're talking about all the different storylines and narratives that are going into this specific semifinal, but there's another one that's taking place, you know, as well. And when we're talking about preferred matchups, I think if you're the North Carolina Courage, you could have gave a shit who you're playing. True, right? Um, yeah. On Sunday, whether it was Rain FC yeah. or Portland, do not. They were care. probably looking at those. They were looking at those two teams and were like, "Do not care." Yes, it doesn't matter who comes up in here. We're going to take care of business and then move on. Uh, that's just the way they're playing. I mean, Jesus, you had their head coach, Paul Riley, refer to their final home game <laughs> yeah. of the season as a quarterfinal. That is the mindset that the North Carolina Courage. Yeah, are they're currently they're in right literally now. on a home stand right now. You could have told them that they were going to be facing 11 haystacks and they would have been like, <laughs> let's go. Right. <laughs> it's fall. I'm in a fall yeah. mindset. They could have said, it's, they could have said, hey, you guys are going to play the Philadelphia Eagles. And they'd be like, bet. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. They'd be all about it. So, yeah, it's while we're talking about this, these two specific teams, yeah, we in the larger picture of things, you absolutely have to, to look at those two things. So, I mean, looking at the Red Stars and, and Portland, I – wouldn't doubt that they are also game planning for that as well. While they're planning right. to take on each other, you know, Sunday, they're also have to maybe try to look ahead a little bit and be like, yeah, we could potentially be playing these, uh, you know, the reigning, reigning champions. But for, for Chicago, because again, we've been talking, <laughs> this is Chicago Red Stars podcast, right, fam? Uh, been talking about the opponent, which we wanted to do specifically because this is it's just a semi a semifinal preview for everybody, but we've got to get back to Red Stars here. So we got to talk a bit about the Chicago Red Stars and their current form and them heading into their home semifinal. We've got the Red Stars that we already mentioned that their final regular season home game was back September 28th, and they found themselves uh, in a bit of a bye week with a break in between. Uh, we've had a number of players on this team. We've seen them um, head off to a national team camp, right, because there was a final uh, U.S. World Cup victory tour match that did take place in Chicago that Claire and I did go and cover. So shout out to us. And if you are still into celebrating the World Cup here in October, you can go check out some of our coverage if you like. Yeah. Uh, but a very cool thing happened just to know as we sort of tie this all in together. Uh, several Red Stars were a part of that final victory tour match in Chicago, including them. one Miss Casey Short, yeah. uh, who got the call in to, you know, represent, uh, you know, the hometown and um, get to shine a little bit in front of uh, her hometown fans. So that was uh, very, very cool. Yeah. And I um, also I mean, I do think that, you know, frequently, frequently I complain about the over usage of Red Stars on this victory tour. But I, I actually think um, that all five red stars playing in that final game um was a that was good that was good for chicago and i wouldn't be surprised if if chicago was absolutely fine with that because it did carry over some of that just competitive gameplay for one more week um so you know someone like tierna davidson only has two weeks off as opposed to three um and i think that that's incredibly important um because and I and, and I actually have a piece coming out. It'll probably be out by the time this podcast comes out. But I have a piece on Equalizer about that break and about um, you know Julie Ertz playing so many minutes and and, and whatnot. But and, and they feel like they understand 
um, exactly what they're going to be able to do um, to maintain fitness and, and, and stuff before the semifinal. But I, I think, and this is, <laughs> this is the anxiety thing, my main concern is that it's going to take Chicago about a half hour to settle in to this semifinal. They're going to be like ramped up. They're going to be ready to go. Um, they're not going to have played a game in a long time. I think their touches are going to be weird. I think they're just going to, it's going to take them a second. And I think that Portland is fucking lethal on the counter. And I'm afraid that they're going to let in like a, a dumb goal early because they're still getting, you know, used to the idea of playing a soccer game again. I mean, uh, I think we've seen it, you know, we have. By, week, by week or not, we've seen it in the regular season from the Red Stars. I mean, there's been some some mighty, mighty games where, you know, they've gone ahead and got themselves a number of goals within the first 15 minutes or first 20 minutes of a game. And, you know, there's been some matches where we've seen the Red Stars take their time and get some goals. I mean, we saw a stretch of games for the Red Stars this season where they did not score any goals right. until 90th minute stoppage time. So it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be quite the scene for the Red Stars when it comes to this semifinal having had so much time in between. And for their national team players, right, for for getting those matches in there and for getting those final mi- minutes and I think we both at the time it was like, "Oh my god, you know, you you get a little bit anxious and you're watching these plays and you're you're thinking about club versus country, right? And you don't want anybody to to come out of a game, you know, with any nagging or lingering type of stuff, right? Um, but, you know, in hindsight, looking back at that, yeah, like just looking at how much time there has been in between this semifinal and their last game for your stars, right? Your quote-unquote stars for your national team players to sort of have the under their belt in between all of this stuff, I think was pretty, pretty dope. Um, make sure you check out Claire's piece on Julie Earth when it comes out on and. Uh, on Equalizer, it's, it's pretty dope. Um, I'm, for the national team players that we're talking about, I'm going to have a piece coming out about Casey Short. Um, was able to speak with her a little bit. And uh, I think we got, like, you and I, in terms of coming out of that mix zone um, on that U.S. national team game, you know, we got a lot of good stuff out of that. And in particular, um, we asked a little bit about possibly the mindset, you know, going into to semifinals. And, um, yeah, they... They definitely were talking about how it was actually important to sort of stay within that rhythm and kind of get these games in. And they were utilizing those national team victory tour games as part of their preparation for the semifinal, really. Right. Um, so it was sort of dope to sort of um, hear that all of it. So it's, it's terms of, in terms of mindset, you know what I mean, for the Red Stars, I don't, I don't think uh, that that's something that that's an issue. Um, no, and it, and it definitely seems like everything we've seen you know, from the team and, and social media and whatnot is I think they're, they're prioritizing, you know, we've said this before when they feel good, they play good. When they feel bad, they play bad. Um, and I think they are really, it's like no worries, good times brigade. We're feeling good. We're feeling loose. Um, we're focusing on playing the best soccer that we can play. Um, and, you know, I think probably it was good, too, to have a couple of weeks for them where they didn't know who they were going to play because then they didn't have to worry about that for a while um, and could just, you know, be working through the cycles of, of what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish. So, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's like it's definitely – it's a it's a philosophy that the Wed Stars are taking, which is that um, the philosophy is keep it fun, keep it light, uh, keep it feeling good and good things will come from that. Um, and I think that's a good philosophy for this group, especially against a, an opponent where they might have a little bit of a mental block. Um, I think with, with Portland, it's a little bit, they're a little bit more serious this year. Um, Cause I do think that they're just grinding to get to the end of this, this season. Um, so, and the thing is, is like it might work and it might not, but I think that what we're seeing is a unified feeling from this group that they're like, this is how we're going to approach this. And I think that it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good like uh, emotional and mental balance for them. Yeah, absolutely. Can, can confirm. Uh, they're saying all the right things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it's uh, players, players or, or coaching staff, um, their, their minds and are in the right place. And they're, they're saying all the things that you want to hear, you know what I mean? So 
you know, whether it was the national team players who were able to get some of those minutes or just some of the non-national team players who were, you know, working on building their minutes or building their, their fitness or maintaining all that, or, you know, even some of the handful of other international players, whether it was somebody like, you know, Mackenzie Arnold or, right. or Katie Johnson and Maria Sanchez who, who went, you know, to have camps with Mexico. I think it's an, it's an interesting mix of different types of um, scheduling as far as like preparation for yeah. the semifinal. And I love, I love that within some of this roster that there are some pretty heavy hitters on this team, like big name international players yeah. who utilize their national team camps as preparation for semifinals. I think yeah, that's incredibly sure. dope. Yeah. And, um, oh, I was just go also going to say, I do think also that Australia made the right call in not making Sam Kerr travel. Um, I think, you know, this is this would have been true regardless of who they were playing, but um especially against Portland, Chicago's gonna need Kurt to get separation against that Portland defense that she has she struggled with um in the second game that she played against Portland, that three out the the last one, the three the that loss. Um and that's gonna take her really she's gonna have to be able to sprint through this whole game. Um, that's going to be very important. She's going to have to be able to have that burst energy um, whenever the opportunity presents itself because I'm not sure, you know, I, I think they need her running at Emily Sonnet in particular, um, and I also think that they need her trying to get in behind as, as if if Portland comes in with, um, like, Megan Klingenberg, uh, you know, sco- scooting up to try to be part of the offense. Um she's going to need to be feeling really good as well. And so I think her, it's not so much the camp, it's just the travel. I think it was a smart move not to make her travel to Australia and back. Sam Kerr is living in the present, my dude. Yeah. Sam Kerr is uh, just, just thinking about what she's got to take care of right now. Don't you ask her about the future. It's going to be right now. And what's happening in this place so I agree uh, it was dope to see the players be able to have some time to themselves you know what I mean um take their time off coaching staff had a plan in place yeah certain players were gonna have a certain amount of time off certain players were obviously gonna have games and camps this is and then they were about to it's funny because then the other part of the plan was for them to switch right and some of those players were gonna get time off and then some of those other players were gonna get time in training and personally speaking as someone I was able to go to training and I had shared this fun little tidbit on my Twitter and how in particular the national team players had come off of a pair of friendlies and were told that they were given the week off and yet they showed up to training to participate in some small stuff with the exception of like Julie Ertz because she had to like keep her away from the they were like don't Uh, take a day off dude yeah I I think um this is something I, I don't I don't know if we've underlined this enough. Um, this is a this is a this is Rory Dames's coaching philosophy, um, and and it's different. It is legitimately different than some of the other coaches in this league. Rory feels very strongly that um, his players are adults. Um, they're adults with lives, and he's very and he believes that letting his players live their lives as best as they can while also committing very seriously to this job is the best way to have a winning squad. He's very respectful of date of like full days off. Um, they care a lot about, you know, letting players, if, if a player wants to spend a day off in like their home hometown, that's fine. They don't set perimeters on that. Um, and I think, you know, I think this is where sometimes sometimes Chicago gets a little too loose. I think sometimes they look a little disjointed because because of this philosophy. But it also he he feels very strongly that he would rather have this team like fresh and excited and feeling like grounded in their lives, um, and that they will be rewarded for that on the field. Um and so that's what we've seen in the managing of this break, which is you do see Julie Ertz spending a certain amount of time in Philadelphia because that's home for her. That's where she feels really good. And the Red Stars want her to be feeling that way. So um, I, I think that this has been kind of a cool ex- experiment of that philosophy um, because I think, especially in a World Cup year where they're playing, you know, so many games that 
it's 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 interesting to kind of see what happens when you do tell a player like listen I promise you will be better next week if you sit down and like stare at a wall for 24 hours or something where and, and they don't want to because they they're they're focused they're committed they want to be working all the time um but that is not that's not the way that Rory James manages his squad and so I think that uh that's interesting we'll see if it works Yeah, word. I like to, um, I think something, maybe we can consider this like a storyline or a narrative, but uh, I know we haven't brought it up, but I would like to bring it up. Uh, the weather. Yo, it's going like to be the gross. <laughs> Shout out to Chicago. It ain't going to be great. But when we're talking about a home semifield advantage, I consider that to be one of those things. Oh, for sure. I feel like the Chicago Red Stars, when they play in Bridgeview, it's crap ass weather. They have come away with some interesting results yeah for sure and, uh, a handful of wins and so we're talking about the potential of a gray gloomy rainy day in bridgeview i absolutely view that as a home field advantage yeah absolutely Chicago red stars uh i know it's a long ways away still and things can change but as far as the current forecast it's looking like there's going to be rain from friday to monday so uh, whether that's heavy or just a sprinkling of like raindrops, like whatever, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, but it's definitely on the forecast as of right now. Yeah, for sure. And like the good news is that it's going to be warmer than it has been. It's not going to be forty-five degrees, which is I think good. Um, less likely for anyone to get hurt that way. Um, it's going to be in the in the mid sixties, which I think is is good. Usually, um, you know, Chicago Chicago weather patterns. It's the gloomy, gross days that are actually warmer because the cloud cover keeps the air quality a little bit more humid. So um, that will be good, I think, for uh, the fans, <laughs> the crowd. Um, Word, but yeah, I think you're right. I think that it's going to be. We're just keeping in. We're keeping in line with all the gross stuff that we've had at home this whole season and it's only fitting it's truly just only fitting that this just be disgusting <laughs> yep i agree 100 percent uh i do want to have us highlight some fun stuff i would like to eventually conclude this episode on on some fun stuff but before we do that i know you and i spoke about this a little bit already on this uh episode about sort of play you know we've done it weekend we got but we want to talk about players that we want to see have an impact on the pitch and i know you brought up sam Kerr already and about how you feel like she's got to get ready to sprint i don't yeah. know if you want to elaborate that anymore or if you want to like throw in another player or two that you want to see have an impact uh, on this game sunday yes i think um i think probably uh so this is the first time this season Julie Ertz will be playing against Portland as a center back. I think it's up to her. I think she has to contain. She just has to contain what Portland is doing um, and not let them get in behind, uh, which she can do clearly. Um, I feel, I would say like, that's the number one thing actually that makes me feel less anxious about this match is, Julie Ertz in that back line um, because she just doesn't really make mistakes the same way some, you know, other players sometimes do. Um, I think this is going to be a really big test for Tierna Davidson. This is probably the biggest, biggest competitive match that she's ever played in. Um, and yeah. And then that triangle with Alyssa Nair, um, I think Alyssa Nair is going to have to be very commanding back there. Uh, so that it's the leadership in the back, I think, is is how I feel about uh, about this particular match. And I guess maybe the one final thing I want to say about before we pivot. I mean, I'll, 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 actually, you know what? You say yours and then I'll say my last thing and then we'll talk about the fun stuff. Yeah, fun stuff. No, I, uh, you know, I'm just going to piggyback on that, dude. I, I agree 100 percent with that. You know, if you are listening and you've been listening to. Southside Trap in particular for the last, you know, five to six weeks. Um, you know, I've said a lot on this podcast that I wanted the back line to really come together as they headed into their playoffs. And that hasn't changed for me. Um, something really dope and really special that we've been able to witness during this regular season 
Um, is this sort of magical offense uh, that we've been able to witness, whether it's been solely on Sam Kerr, this combination of Sam Kerr and Yuki Nagasato, you know, you're talking about a player who is going to win the golden boot for the third straight time. You have Yuki Nagasato who has eight goals and eight assists this year. And you have a sprinkling of other players who have had some incredibly dope goal season. So um, for me heading into the playoffs, it was incredibly important for the defense to sort of uh, be locked up, right. And gel together and sort of be ready to take on whoever that was going to be, whether it was going to be Rain FC or Portland Thorns. And I think we've seen some really good performances out of that back line, uh, you know, as we've seen with the center back pairing of Julie Ertz and Tierna Davidson, um, you know, coupled with Sarah Gordon and Casey Short on the outside, at the outside back position. And I will even give a bit of a hat nod to – uh, Katie Naughton, who's been a huge, huge part of the Chicago backline for yeah. years now. And she's absolutely come in recently um, as a very clutch late game substitution to help clean up games. And I think that's incredibly important um, to keep in the back of our heads as we sort of take a look at this match uh, moving forward. So I, I want the backline to absolutely still be that, uh, you know, those players to watch, so to speak. And, you know, to sort of um, echo what you said a bit earlier about Sam Kerr, uh, you know, needing to have the sprints in her on this game, I would agree with that as well. Um, I would also agree with, um, you know, having, I would like to see the the movement, not just the speed. Yeah, I would like to sure. see, you know, if Sam Kerr starts getting frustrated at the 60th minute, move her out wide right like yeah. do something do something else change it up quicker I don't want to see Yuki Nagasato making that 86 minute run that's too late um you know make it earlier make the ro rotate uh, rotate that kind of stuff earlier so um yeah all eyes are going to be on Sam Kerr of course yeah um she's the greatest goal scorer out there right now man, but you know totally, this is Chicago totally man right. yeah. Right. Yeah. this is Chicago though man and uh you know we love our defense and I think it's really important that this this back line in particular got a lot of time together, and I think it's important that they're the back line that head into into the semifinal. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. What did what did you want to? Oh, what you know you what? You know what? My final thing that I wanted to say before, and this is actually a good segue to talking about this week. And you know, I, I like I said at the at the beginning, this is championship week, okay, um, guys. Like this, this is it. This is this is the only guarantee that we have for this season is that this game is happening on Sunday. It's at home. It's in Chicago celebrate this week um and I I think this this really I mean I've been saying this for a while but you know like when we found out that they were playing Portland I I definitely like it, it was there was that anxiety that came back and I and I was just was like I was trying to figure out I was like why why does this make me feel like so bad and I think what it was is I am sad that this season is almost over um, regardless of what happens. And obviously, I think the scary thing about that is it's more likely for it to end um, in disappointment than, you know, in, in victory, which is normal. Um, but I think what I'm really sad about is is what's coming next. Um, and that, you know, you could take that however you want to, which is just, we've been saying this whole season that this is it for this group. Um as they are, um, I think there's likely to, there's going to be change, um, no matter what. And I am not ready for this team to no longer exist the way that it does. Um, it's crazy. It just feels like we haven't had enough time with them. It feels like we've gotten maybe like a year and a half. Like it started last year about mid season yeah. and it's not enough time and it sucks I hate that. I hate that in the women's game, you don't get eight, nine, ten years with some players on, on your team. You don't get Leo Messi spending his entire career with Barcelona. You get a year and a half, and that sucks. Um, so my feeling is no matter what happens on Sunday, I just really encourage everybody to like be in the moment, feel this, don't worry about what's coming next. Um, 
because even if they do win this game, they're going to North Carolina. So this is Chicago's championship, um, and they have the opportunity to do something really special, and you can help by participating in that. So to pivot that over, you know, Sandra, you've got you've got all the goods on that. Yeah, man, I agree 100%. I, you know what, just to, before we really dip into those, something that I wish would absolutely leak into the women's side of this game is the concept of celebration. I don't think that there's enough of that, and I don't know why. Uh, that's always baffled me, especially considering, as you've mentioned, how, how narrow the time is for some of these players to be with some of these teams. Right. Uh, you know, you look at something like playoff baseball, which... <laughs> doesn't exist this year for no, Chicago. it didn't happen. Uh, but you look at something like playoff baseball, and my God, you have people popping bottles of champagne in the room just because they're going on to a divisional series, let alone a championship series. You know, you've got bottles popping up because you want a wild card spot. You know, um, it's important to take the time to revel in those moments because you don't know when they're going to come back around again. And I, if I had a plea or a wish for NWSL moving forward, I really wish that that idea and that concept would bleed into NWSL on the women's side of the game. I want to see, I want to see massive like joy and celebration when people realize that they clinch their playoff spot. You know, I want to see that joy when they win the shield. I want to see that joy when they clinch a home semifinal, you know, Uh, it was great to see all of the enthusiasm around that specifically from the players, because that's something really that they earned, you know, and um, for the fans as well, because, you know, they share and they revel in that joy as well. So uh, I'm right there with you in uh, the same boat. We're, we're going to encourage you all, all out there listening, or if you're supporters of Southside Trap Podcast to go ahead and just take this moment and enjoy it and have a good time and uh, revel in those good vibes. And there's a lot of great stuff happening leading up into this weekend there was a really a really funny moment and a really kind of cool moment um i think that's very unique to nwsl that happened sort of um in the twitterscape of things you know there's a small there's a small up-and-coming team out there called the chicago fire and i don't know if you heard of them but they're going to be playing some games in soldier field coming um next year and it's been the you know, worst kept secret. And they finally made the announcement official. And of course, naturally a number of main local mainstream outlets, um, wanted to talk about that. And rightfully so it's a big deal. Soccer is back in soldier field and within the city limits. And that is a huge deal. And we are so happy and excited for our Chicago fire friends. Uh, but there was a particular moment, uh, where there was a very, poorly worded tweet because that's what it was. I don't know if people actually read the article, but the article did its job of informing the people. So I don't really have an issue with the article, but the tweet itself was horrifically worded. Uh, Basically what it did was uh, just completely deny the existence of uh, the Chicago Red Stars and the, and uh, the fact that they're still going to be the soccer team uh, in, in Bridgery playing at SeatGeek. So because of that, naturally, um, the women's soccer community just sort of uh, decided to light things on fire, and uh, that was pretty <laughs> dope to see. Uh, that was pretty dope to see. And uh, everybody all of a sudden kind of hopped in and rallied behind the Chicago Red Stars and the fact that they were hosting a home semifinal because, that, again, that is something that's very excited. So um, a number of people jumped in. It was really I – don't, I don't know if I want to say spearheaded because I know a number of fans out there – had talked about trying to purchase tickets or get them donated, you know, purchase them and donate them back to the Chicago Red Star so they could be utilized. Um, but I think it really, we'll just use the word amplified. It really got amplified by our other friend, homie and colleague, uh, Meg Linehan, who is the lead women's soccer writer for The Athletic. And she caught wind of this moment and she went ahead with a quote tweet and said, hey, let's do this and uh, pledged a number of tickets for, for fans. And then all of a sudden, all these other people, um, sort of got in and decided to go ahead and, and pledge some tickets as well. And it was a really, really cool thing to see come out of this. So semifinal tickets are still on sale. Um, they're still at these really great price points. I'm not too sure if the $7 ones are left. Those are usually the ones that are first to go, but there's some great tickets still available out there at, uh, I believe it's 10 bucks a pop. And I, if I, I believe I read this correctly, but the supporter section is sold out. Their main Sweet. supporter section. There are sections next to them 
if you'd like to still participate at really good price points. So 118, I believe, is sold completely out. Oh. But there's some good stuff at 117, I think, that people can can still grab. Um, so, you know, link find yourselves linked up with, um, you know, some good folks on Twitter in case, you know, they're still making that offer. We have an article out on Hot Time in Old Town uh, highlighting this event. So if you want to get linked up with people um, via Twitter, we have a lot of different tweets that are in there. There's a really cool um, Reggie's bus drive that Chicago Local 134 and Redline SG have, uh, you know, again, partnered to go ahead and uh, do the Reggie's uh, bus from Reggie's in Chicago on State Street. So you should definitely take a look at that. So a lot of cool stuff there. And in terms of events, if people are out there looking for really, really cool events, again, you want to get yourselves linked up with Chicago Red Stars Group, um, supporters group, Chicago Local 134. Uh, they've got a number of cool things going on. I believe today, as of us recording this episode, they were uh, creating uh, the TIFO for the semifinal on Sunday. So they had the, the painting party going on there. And uh, they've also got a pre-semifinal party happening. Uh, that's going to be on October 19th at 8 p.m. at Spinner's Pub. I believe there's going to be some good vibes and possibly some karaoke. And on game day, you want to get linked up with them as well because they are uh, teaming up with Budweiser. Local 134 and Budweiser are sponsoring a tailgate for this semifinal. So I believe it's starting as early as 1130. So definitely want to get linked up with them. You can find classic. them on. This is some classic yeah. Midwest. You wake up, the tailgate begins. Yeah. Get that beer in you. Don't stop watching, guys. It's going to be dope. So uh, make sure you get looked up, uh, linked up with uh, supporters of Chicago Local 134. Yeah. Can I add just two, two Twitter, to Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, of course. All right. Oh. So one thing, one. Um, if you are, for, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, if you are, but if you are a Portland Thorn supporter and <laughs> you would like to come to the game, um, I believe the away supporter section is going to be, ironically enough, section 134. So that is where to look if you're looking for Portland Thorn support. Um, <laughs> honestly, I would love to see some Thorn supporters. I mean, I know it's a big trip last minute or if there's any in the area, um, I think that that's healthy. I think it's cool to have both teams represented um, support-wise. And then the other thing is um, if you would like to go to the game and you're not sure how you're going to get there because the Pace Direct isn't running, um, if you go to Local 134's Twitter, they have, I think they have a Rideshare Facebook group, um, or you can just, you know, DM them, get in contact with them. Um, They'll help you out when it comes to getting a ride, if, if you would like a ride, because I know that Bridgeview is, is difficult to get to, um, if you do not have a car. So, um, yeah, those are, those are my two things. Cause I, I, my, my personal feeling is that one of the greatest barriers to entry to get people into the semifinal is how they're actually going to get there and how they're going to get home. So, um, if that's a concern, uh, link up with one, three, four. Um, and if you're from out of town and want to come support, uh, the thorns, uh, heaven help you, but 134 is the section. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of a cool, <laughs> that's actually kind of a bit of a cool throwback because I, I believe that's a throwback to the, you know, the WPS days, you know, when, when Local 134 was supporting the Ressars and WPS, you know, in Bridgeview, it was in section 134, so uh, it's kind of funny how things come full circle like that, but definitely get linked up, whether it's with Supporters group local 134 or directly with the Chicago Red Stars, they have some amazing ticket reps that you can reach out to and they can get you guys hooked up, squared away, and answered all your questions. So, you know, hit them up at chicagoredstars.com or find local 134 on, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, they got your back, uh, just like they got our back in supporting um, this podcast. And, and we appreciate them and we look forward to, to seeing everybody um, on Sunday. Really, it's a uh, it's good vibes. It's good vibes. So that's what we're putting out into the universe, and hopefully uh, that's what comes back. Uh, but, Claire, if you want to let the good people know where they can find you and your work. Yes. Uh, oh, man. I I believe the Equalizer will be putting out so many thousands of my words this week. Um, <laughs> lots of Chicago Red Stars stuff from me. Um another more general NWSL piece, I think next week, maybe. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I honestly haven't had a ton of written bylines on the equalizer this, this year. Uh, but I'm making up for that this, this week in, in full force. So if you would like to know my thoughts on anything, really, uh, go there. Um, I will be 
doing a recap for the semifinal uh, with Hot Time in Old Town. Um, definitely, we'll just see what that looks like. I don't know yet either. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Scout Ripley, and I'll be posting all of that stuff there. Dope. Looking forward to reading all that stuff. Read Claire's words. It's truly, truly dope. If you want to read some of my words, I've got some stuff coming out um, as well for the Chicago Red Stars. Again, everybody, get hyped up. We're writing all about the Chicago Red Stars. On top of podcasting, all about the Chicago Red Stars. So uh, I've got a, a dope piece coming out about Casey Short because she has defended her ass off this year, and yes. it was truly dope to see. And she gave a lot of good stuff. And uh, also got some cool stuff in there from, from Crystal Dunn about it and Rory Dame, so you should definitely... Uh, take a look at that. But shout out to, yeah, shout out to Easy Legend. Shout out to Hot Time in Old Town. That's where you can find all the work, always, whether it's the stuff from the you know, player previews, recaps, blah, 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 blah. If you want to, you know, kick it with me and my shenanigans, you can do that on Twitter, you know, at Sam Herrera underscore. That's H E R R E R A underscore. But if you don't do anything else, if you're not into reading words, if you're only into listening to podcasts, you should absolutely. Continue your support of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. And you can do that by following us on all social media channels on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And you can go ahead and find us on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. So go ahead and find us, give us a like, subscribe to us, leave us a rating, leave us a review. That stuff helps us out tremendously. And we're trying to produce Chicago Red Stars content for you all. And we'll be back hopefully next week to discuss a Chicago Red Star semifinal victory.